This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Rats Out Review. <laughs> Hello, Greg. Hello. Hi, Lou. Welcome in. What's going on, everybody? Doing good. Doing great. Um, so today we're going to do Kiss. Right? Yes. Actually, this was supposed to be uh, Screams from the Grave, but you know what? It's now Rats Out Review. That's fine. That. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I was going to correct you. I was like, no, no, but yes. Music from the Elder. Which was an unfortunate misfire for them at the time for a bunch of different reasons that we'll get to that shortly. But it's so a great cool. record. It's got the record Is that Japanese? Uh, no, this is actually the 2014 remaster huh? they did, which was... It's actually, even the original Japanese vinyl doesn't have the full track listing in the sequence. So this was the first time it was released yeah. on record with the proper track listing. Uh, they had previously done it on the 1997 CD Yes, which is the one I have right here, which actually I got from you, believe it or not. I believe it. You remember we traded CDs a long, long time ago? Yep. I have the original <laughs> CD pressing um, that I bought in 95 that had the, uh, the track listing mm-hmm. the way the label wanted it. Yeah, yeah that's how I always heard it. Remember it. Yeah, well, they, they freaked out and put what they thought would be the two hits at the beginning for each side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. But before we get into The Elder, uh, uh, A&E just uh, showed the uh, biography show of Kiss. Mm-hmm. You yes. guys watch History it? History Part 1 and 2. Yes, I watched it. You did not watch it, though. I have no desire to watch uh, a, a, a fluff piece on Kiss because... I know it did not have the in- involvement of the original quartet. It was a Paul and Gene special, again, pushing their narrative, pushing what they want to sell to KISS fans, especially the casual nutswingers, as a fellow podcaster on the Rat Side Review Network would call them, and I want no part of it. I've wanted no part of KISS ever since they replaced Peter with Eric Singer in 2001 and put him in Peter Chris's makeup. Well, if you would have watched the biography, you'd know why. I do know the story why. Um, I just thought it was disingenuous to put a replacement KISS member in an original KISS member's makeup. And they... Regardless of how talented Eric Singer is, and I think he's a very talented drummer, I love the work he did with Black Sabbath. I love the work that he did with Alice Cooper. I love the work he especially did with Badlands. I even love Revenge. But I, I, you can't sell Kiss to me today with 
Eric Singer in the Catman makeup and Tommy Thayer in the Spaceman makeup. I'm sorry, you just can't. Yeah, we've had this discussion before. Yes. <laughs> and besides, I don't have cable, so I couldn't watch it. You don't have cable? No, I'm not going No, I have Roku. What do I need cable for? A bunch of channels I don't want? Blech. But uh, me, and, uh, me and Greg did watch it. Yeah, uh, I did enjoy it. I, I don't mind the Eric Carr and, and Tommy Thayer thing. It, it is what it is. A kiss is ending anyway. So. Singer, not Carr. Carr was the fox. Oh, what I, I said, oh, sorry. Whatever. Eric Singer. Um, and Eric Singer's been in the band forever, so it's fine with me. And uh, like I said, they'll be ending soon anyway. So uh, well, apparently, or yeah, will they? Wait, one thing I've well, yeah, that that was kind of funny how both. <laughs> Gene and Paul, even when uh, other guys that they're interviewing it, like Tommy Thayer and Doc McGee, say directly contrary things. Both Gene and Paul are believing their own bullshit. Of oh, that that was the farewell tour to the original lineup. It was always meant to be that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that's not the story. Yeah. But, but that, uh, that that was the last time I said it. So I don't know why Shay played with him, but. You know, I, I did, even though Gene didn't agree with him when they were doing the interview piece sitting next to each other, you know, Paul addresses the whole disingenuous thing and all that and doesn't even really try to fight back with the fans about it. He just kind of shrugs his shoulders and says, we had a tour of Australia to finish. What are you going to do? Yeah. You got to make money, man. Continue to keep rolling. Well, I mean, you, you, you know, even though I don't necessarily agree with the situation and never have, what are you going to do when you got nine shows to finish on a multi-million dollar tour? You know, right. yeah. it's your it's your obligation to finish that out to the fans. That period. I will say this to the to credit that lineup of uh, Paul, Gene, Ace, and Eric Singer. I did hear that live album. From I think it was from Australia. No, it was from Tokyo. It was one of those two places. But they just released it. The band sounded amazing. Like, probably the best they had sounded since the reunion tour, you know, first launched. When they were firing on all cylinders. So I'll give them that credit. And again, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Singer and Thayer as musicians. Just, you know, you... I do know one thing that they tried to pass off that fans weren't buying Eric Carr as the Fox and yes. um, and Vinnie yeah. Vincent as the Yonk, which is a total load of bullshit because you're telling, okay, maybe in the States it wasn't selling as much because you were so overexposed, but tell that to the 200,000 people that went to go see the Creatures of the Night tour in Brazil. I mean... Well, that even that though, that even discussing that point is just a scapegoat. Uh, I was mentioning this to Wayne before you came mm-hmm. on. I think takes away from the real fact because yes, they were just as popular as ever in Brazil and Europe and places like that. Where that yeah. the anniversary Creatures of the Night tour did great. You know, they they look at the makeup. They t- although making this drastic change for a few albums, especially with a concept album, and then trying to flip back like everything was fine and they were just going to forgive you was a stupid move. But they had given their main fan base, the American fans, a giant middle finger two years in a row. No tours, you know. They should have toured behind the Elder, and I don't think they would have fared as bad as they did on the Creatures of the Night Tour. 
Well, not only that, but Unmasked, they only did one American show, and that was at the Palladium to introduce Eric no, Carr. I, I know that. Mm. That's why I said two years. But still, I think even though I don't agree with that idea either, I think they would have been able to get away with that if they had toured behind the elder. Because there's songs like The Eye and, or I mean I and the Don't old, confuse them with that, King that Diamond. <laughs> no. That yeah, would have worked um, fine <laughs> live for Kiss during that time. You know, they could have done something similar like they did with the Unmasked songs on that tour in New Zealand. Yeah. But what what I love about the Elder is a cinematic experience that one gets when they listen to the album um, in the order that it was meant to be released. Although yeah. I do have a soft spot for the Oath being the opening track because that's how I remember it. But, All right, and it sounds really cool as an opening track. But uh, oh, it was killer! Just, it was like Kiss goes power metal. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just to finish up with the uh, documentary thing, um, there was a lot of talk about Paul Stanley's ear, which I, I didn't know about at all. But that, that seemed to go on from the first part and a lot onto the second part. <laughs> it was a lot about his ear. So it was kind of interesting to hear about that. Then, uh, it's uh, nothing... rosebud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they just gloss over Eric Carr's cancer. I know. Yeah, they kind of just like, you know, yeah. it happened and yeah. it went away. They diminished his role in the band so much, and it's sickening. Hey, it man, really Bruce, is. It was really sad to watch Bruce's interview parts. I mean, he he really kept them going for the twelve years he was in band in the band with all the half-assed material they were turning out. Mm. His Bruce, playing was great. Is Bruce sick or anything? Because he looked very skinny. No, he's just seventy he's years old and trying to keep thin. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. I didn't realize he was 70 years old already. That's crazy. He's also probably going through a bout of depression because he lost his brother Bob a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, but the other thing I did uh, that came up on the biography was there was uh, uh, some videos that you know were never got released. And uh, Greg, you just mentioned it. I. Yeah, I didn't know there was an unreleased video for I. I don't think that was on those Kissology DVDs because I swear that's the first time I've ever seen footage from that. They were never released. Uh, someone bought the master reel and actually released it on YouTube. And mm-hmm. I I actually remember seeing stills of this in a 1992 issue of Hip Parader that had a huge double-page fold-out poster of Kiss. And I remember there was a photo of Ace playing that same Explorer, although it's not an Explorer, but that same model guitar in it. And I was like, when did this happen? Because he was wearing the elder slash creatures jumpsuit with uh, the shorter cropped hair. And I was like, I don't remember this being released, but um, that's where it came from. And it got released. It's a pretty cool looking video. Definitely a timepiece for 1981. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You can see the little clip of it, but uh, you know, it's interesting to find out stuff like that. And and also too, how they, when they were recording the elder, uh, they were actually into doing it. You know, they knew it was going to be something different and probably, you know, people weren't going to like it, but they actually seemed like they were interested in doing it. And unfortunately, it just did not sell well. And But uh, I think a me, lot of it had. No, oh, sorry. What? No, I was going to say, I think a lot of it had to do with the influence of Bob Ezrin. Right. Because, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, it was mostly his album. egos and yeah. Bob Ezrin's cocaine decisions definitely make it the grandiose album it is. But... Cocaine's a wonderful drug. <laughs> And you had to be on cocaine to make the elder. 
I, I, I also, think it worked better for him here than it did on Destroyer, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, I did not know that was Paul Stanley's hand on the front cover. You know what's funny about that? They, they, they like denied that for years, and they still kept trying to, even after the pictures from the photo session leaked out. Yeah. Because they were trying to keep this illusion that that was some real door on some church in downtown New York. <laughs> it's not. It's a prop they had built. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I, and, and even uh, Paul Stanley was saying, like, you know, this is the most generic looking Kiss album cover. And it kind of is, but it's cool because it's, you know, it's part of a story. It makes it look like there's a story to this whole thing and what's behind that door, you know. And it's cool. It stands, I, at, it yeah. stands out it's compared different. to the rest of them. Yeah. Right. It definitely shows there's going to be something different. In Japan, though, they did replace the cover with a bunch of live shots of the band. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's kind of weird. and they added a photo of them. I think it was like in that uh, neon lit room where they have like lights, basically similar to the Killers cover. Yeah. Okay. It was the yeah, same I photo shoot. I've seen that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like we've all been saying, uh, there's two different versions. Uh, the one we're going to review is the one that's the 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 real track listing. You know, the way it's supposed to go. Fanfare, just a boy, Odyssey, only you, under the rose, dark light. A uh, world without heroes, the oath, Mister Blackwell, escape from the island, and I. So, if you want to listen to the album, listen to it this way. I think this is the best way to listen to it. I mean, I liked it the other way because uh, the oath started it off, like we've mentioned before, and that's a really cool opener. But this tells the story, you know. I mean, it starts off very slow. I mean, the first half of the album is slow. You know, you got pianos going on, you got orchestras and all this stuff. But it's it's interesting to hear Kiss doing this kind of stuff, you know. Yep. Um, now there, there's some, there's a lot of brilliance and some very great moments on here. This is probably the best, most creative Ace Freely ever got with his guitar playing. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that lately. Yeah, I, he does a lot of different, uh, neat things here that are kind of outside of his wheelhouse, basically compared to what he did in Kiss before and even what he did solo and in Freely's comment. You know. Um, I don't mean he's generic, but he very much sticks in that generic hard rock type sound. He's yeah. very good at a... what he does, but he doesn't generally take a lot of chances with what he plays. But he does here, and even though he hated every second of recording this, he really puts his all into it, and it comes out beautifully. And you also get a uh, neat clip of Eric Carr, who plays the acoustic guitar on Under the Rose, which he had a hand in writing. Oh, very cool. Yeah, Ace is definitely known and notorious for using and abusing the minor pentatonic scale in every guitar solo he's ever done. But you know what? When you do it well, it doesn't matter. You don't need to be Ang Van Malmsteen or oh. Vinnie Vincent for that matter. But, um, you know, he, he, I, I have to, as a guitar player, even I got to say, like, some of the most soulful playing that he did on songs like Under the Rose and even... Like, the solo that he did for Dark Light. I mean, probably at that point, his most technical. And it was, yeah. you know, good on Ace for being experimentative with that album. Yeah. Uh, just a Boy. I-, I love that song. It's got so much... Um... Uh, the whole it's very catchy uh, the the chorus and, and actually it's probably one of the most highest things that uh, Paul Stanley has sung in like a while I would imagine right I don't really hear him singing I, do. I think this is the album he uses his falsettos the most a lot. On, actually yeah. yeah 
And I'm hearing him, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I actually just almost yeah. lost my voice trying. Well, he did use his falsetto <laughs> twice on Dynasty. He used it on I Was Made for Loving You and uh, Magic Touch. Yeah, but not yeah, as but, much as he does on yeah, this record. Yeah, not, not like this. This is the uh, Just a Boy's, oh, the Just a Boy and the Oath, actually. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, it evened out. Yeah, there's a lot of voice changes yeah. on this album. A little bit on Odyssey, too, I think. Oh, Odyssey, yeah, he's like yeah. got a deeper voice on that that song. Yeah. He doesn't ever sing like that either. So it was no, cool to hear him. I love yeah. that song, actually. He sang it the way that the songwriter, Tony Powers, actually sings in, because he actually released a uh, a video clip of that on his YouTube page, where it's the original version of Odyssey um, with him singing on it. By the way, um, Tony Powers is also, uh, I want to say, I want to say it was to- uh, Tommy Two-Time, from Goodfellas, he's the guy that wrote Odyssey. Mm. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Didn't know that. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. That's him. Yep. I saw it, so I have no idea. No, I know um, exactly who he's talking about. I didn't know that he wrote a Kiss song, though. That's cool. <laughs> well, he wrote it for himself. He, it, But, you know, I think uh, Bob Esmond said, can we buy your song? He said, okay. Yeah, that's what happened. Yep, so it's a Kiss song. <laughs> it's a cat song. All right, screw it. <laughs> and also, Greg, uh, somebody you very much dislike is on this album, or wrote a song on this album, I should say. He wrote some lyrics. It's not just him. Yeah, every, everyone talks about Lou Reed like he's this amazing guy. He was never cool. People did too many fucking drugs in the 70s, man. Yeah, I did not. What did he write, though? I, I, don't, I didn't look it up. Uh, I think he wrote World Without Heroes. Yeah, oh, he I did? think. Really? I think. Yeah, I think he wrote the lyrics to that. With yeah, Gene wrote the music. Lou Reed wrote the lyrics. I'm pretty sure. It's cool. probably the only but... song he wrote that I like. Yeah, yeah. same here. I remember seeing that video. I think they used to play it on Hitman. Yeah, it is a world without heroes. Hmm. And uh, Mr. Blackwell too, apparently. Yeah, um, but I remember seeing a world without heroes, and I'm like, what the hell? This is before I even knew about the Elder. And uh, I was just getting into Kiss at the time, like, what is this? This is like, this is, it sucks, you know? And I never really liked that song until I actually bought the album. And you saw it on Headbangers Ball? I think it was on Headbangers Ball. It was on MTV, some, some, some video channel. Back I remember them playing it on Night Flight, but. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It may be some nighttime thing. But I, I remember seeing it, though, and I was just like, this, why, what is this song from? It's, it's garbage. But, uh, you know, when I bought the album, it's, it's a, not a bad song. Actually, it's, it's one of my favorite songs off of this thing. Um and uh, what else? Only you. That's a really cool song too. You know that song's awesome. Later covered by, later covered by Doro Pesh in its original form. Oh, on what album? Uh, I think it was released in either '89 or '91. Yeah, I heard. I I think that's the solo album that Tommy Thayer plays on. Actually, isn't it? Wow, does that make a whole lot of sense? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. I have to listen to that because I never even never even knew about that. That's cool. Um, and under the rose, that's a really good song as well. I I love that song. That's that's such a great track. Mm-hmm. I I wish Eric were alive to ask him more about it as far as the composition and everything because yeah. he'd answer you. Yes, if he were alive. He would. That is, <laughs> and, and he would answer honestly. And uh, unfortunately, there's just not like. A, that's one of the things that's always really sucked about the other guys being just employees, basically, is 
they never really say a whole hell of a lot in the interviews, and they're never usually interviewed on their own. So they pretty much just toe the kiss line, which yeah, sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why they made it a point during concerts, especially Eric Carr would make it a point to actually engage the fans one-on-one in conversation and sign everything, not leave the arena until he signed everything. You know, and he is truly loved by, you know, the KISS fans. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's just a shame that the two partners in KISS don't show him that same love. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I'm like, this is the guy that kicked you in the ass for 10 years to keep going and play shows and keep your name relevant to the fans. You know, fuck what the media said. They're the fans, they're the ones that got you where you were, you schmucks. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that does suck is that uh, Eric Carr did start on this album. You know, this is kind of like a eh, album for him to like shine through on because he doesn't really do much on here. I don't feel. Well, the oath. Well, he does on the oath, but that's like one song, and then he wrote the uh, the Under the Rose song. But... Oh no, I I think his drums sound great on here. They do. They're awesome. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. But for him to really show what he can do, it's it's kind of hard for people to get into that or know what he's about. You know, on this. And, yeah, and and an unfortunate fact that's not Eric playing on I. No, it's oh, Alan yeah. Schwartzberg. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. So um, Kiss was even replacing replacement members on albums. <laughs> yeah. But that went on through their whole career, right? There was a lot of played on stuff. So. Yeah. Even that's not even when... Gene playing on Animal Eyes, but yeah. hey, that's okay. We're moving along. Uh, but then the album kind of takes a turn a little bit. Dark Light. Uh, you know, every every album had to have, well, after a certain point, every album had to have a Ace Frehley song and uh this one it just it doesn't work for me the solo part is cool but the the it just seems like he was writing the lyrics as he was doing the song i love i love the solo and the verse pieces but i don't know the the chorus it's it's a little weird haphazard of a song i like it but one of my least favorite ace songs i mean it's not torpedo girl but it's oh dear god yeah (laughs) (laughs) um it was originally written in demo form as don't run which i think it's on the five cd kiss box set that you have wayne okay um so the format of the song was still the same you know like the look out like that that whole thing and then Mm. doing like the raps in between the sung parts oh i think um But uh, yeah, I mean, they just had to reconstitute it for the uh, for the record, you know, make it fit within the storyline. You didn't like it? No. After, coming after those songs that were before it, I mean, no. Those other songs are awesome, and just it gets clunky when it gets to this song. Really? You think so? Yeah. I huh, I, I didn't. respectfully disagree. I'm sorry, Greg. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I didn't feel like it affected it in that way. I thought it flows right along with the rest of it. Honestly, I mean, it's a little weird, but I think it really vibes with the album huh. yeah no nah, just isn't there i was plus it's a song. for me it's the perfect lead-in for the next track oh no wait a minute it doesn't Rolling out heroes what does it oh never mind i spoke too soon <laughs> <laughs> you're you just want the oath to come up so bad yes <laughs> but uh we mentioned the world without heroes before and uh Great what do you song. guys think about that yeah love it it's one of their best ballads and I love it with the whole grandiose orchestra and everything. I mean, 
you know, you, you can definitely argue that this was a misstep for Kiss. The fans definitely did not want a concept album, but it's great, man. I mean, this is right on par, and I actually like it better than The Wall from Pink Floyd, which is another Ezrin-produced concept album, which is great in its own right, but this is a little bit more streamlined, and I think it goes great, and the epicness of the song, but its beauty is just awesome, too. Um, although my favorite version would probably be the MTV Unplugged version. Just That's a really warm, yeah. really cool yeah. performance of it, and you could tell they were all really into it. Gene definitely put his heart and soul into that performance. That whole thing, um, that was one of my favorite Kiss, uh, not uh, Kiss, uh, Unplugged shows, is that Kiss uh, show. It, yeah. it is, and honestly, it's one of the only times you ever see all four of them humble. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it happened I mean, a lot with the star child and the demon, whatever he wants to be. <laughs> that was one of the few times my mom actually let me watch MTV with her in the room, and I was able. To, it was Halloween, nineteen ninety five, that that aired, and I actually taped it on VHS. I still have the VHS. I just don't have a VHS player. But uh, I love the song "Well Without Heroes." I could see why, you know, some critics might say, "Oh, it's a little pretentious." But if you think about it, the, the the album itself is really a story of you know good versus evil, uh, the story of a of a chosen champion, you know the hero's tale, then uh, setting up the villain, and by the time of the album's closing, you know when the hero goes to you know face his quest, mm-hmm. um, you kind of need a song like this in there for that lull. So if you think about it in that context, it's not pretentious at all. It's very fitting and very well written. And I have to admit, in my opinion, it's Lou Reed's finest hour as a writer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I agree. Thank God they didn't let him do a guest vocal performance. I, well, no, Bob is smarter than that. <laughs> or anything. Yeah, I'm surprised I, maybe they didn't put uh, try to put him on here like a, a spoken word type thing or something. You know? Or metal uh, machine. Or narration. Music, whatever he called it. I <laughs> have uh, refrigerator feedback. Fuck him. I can't believe people try to defend that as a great artistic <laughs> choice. He's trying to get out of a record contract and did too many hallucinogens. Piece of shit. <laughs> but anyway, we're talking about. like someone shit. trying to sell the painting white on white. It's just a white canvas. Oh my God, it's so artistic. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh, don't get me started on Jackson Pollock. <laughs> hey, you have Nagel behind you. That's all we need, Nagel. We're good. That's right. <laughs> Her name is Rio, and she dances on my face. Anyways, continue. Oh, God. Um, actually, World Without Heroes made Gene Simmons cry. He was crying in the... Uh, box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, at the end of the video. Godzilla doesn't cry! <laughs> he did it World Without Heroes. No, no, but he went full-on ham performance to sell that video. He sure he did. did. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't quite call it beautiful, but it, it was fitting. I thought it was, it was a really well-done video. Yeah. I was 14 when I saw that video, and it meant something to me then. <laughs> now I look back and I go, what the fuck was I thinking? But it's okay. Uh, they were mentioning that too in the uh, documentary um, about when Gene Simmons was crying and everything, and then they they likened it to the remember the Indian that used to be on the side of the road, and then the guy would throw <laughs> trash yeah. at him. The garbage can Indian, Ironized yeah. Cody or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But you know, we do remember Wayne and Garth actually helped him clean up at the end. We you know they they forget yeah. that part. Yeah, they, yeah, good thing they did that. Uh, now we get to do yourself a favor, Chief. Don't turn around. 
<laughs> from the Simpsons. I don't know. I've never seen that episode. Okay. Yeah, but I, yes, the old. I feel like I, 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 I missed everything. I'm so out of loop at everything. Which is funny, considering most of the references I make are at least 20 years old. I, I well, that's yeah. true. I never watched television. You know, I, not for nothing. It really broke my heart when we were doing Moon and Night references back and forth. You're like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah I don't know that. Um, this is me giving you the finger as far up <laughs> as I, I am can. doing this as hard as I possibly He does it all the time. Neil, the drum solo of life. <laughs> Uh, the oath. You've been right. waiting for this. I've got my. Rock I guess we're not going to get to. Prepare for a moon spanking. You drop those sweatpants, fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> the oath, the greatest song on this album, in my opinion, and one that they actually brought back for the Kiss Cruise, not mm-hmm. once but twice. Yeah, it's such a great song. Just uh, power metal, like we said earlier, very power metalish type song. Maybe this is actually the first power metal song. Could this be? What this was released in what? 80... 81. One. So uh, who cares about power metal? It's fucking powerful hard rock and kiss, man. <laughs> kiss plays rock and roll. Get out of here with your man of war loincloths. We're, <laughs> we're dressing up in garish costumes and Face promoting paint. soundtracks to movies that don't exist. Someone please turn this into an animated feature. Netflix, <laughs> you put plenty of dumb shit out there that dumb teenage girls like, come on. Give the Kiss fans a chance. Actually, there was a GoFundMe for someone in the UK yes. to make a film of this. His name is Seb Hunter, and I don't think he reached his goal, unfortunately. Yeah, that was a while ago. Fund it, Gene. Yeah, they you think you they can would. afford it. But, uh, Do it. I might actually buy something Kiss related again. Was his grand <laughs> idea from his dream he had? It should mean something deep to him. That's right. Uh, but what an awesome song. Uh, it, it always fit as that first track, but you know it's it's towards the end. But uh, great song, and uh, Iced Earth covered it too. And they did a really good cover of it as well. The Oath. Yep. When on tribute to the gods? No, they didn't. They did Creatures of the Night. I'll erase that. They uh, never mind. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean what to I just thought. You could have just went along with it. Yes, they did cover the Oath, and it was I, good. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> they didn't somebody did cover the oath though and i can't think of who it was i i don't remember, i swear somebody but i know i i think you're right i think someone did i know i've heard it well it doesn't matter uh but then and after the oath again this uh the album falls apart for me mr blackwell i don't like this song at all it just doesn't fit with the rest of the album. It's kind of, it, it's just kind of like Dark Light's kind of just out of like nowhere kind of thing. It it fits with Gene, his persona. I I think it's not bad to introduce the villain. It's kind of a funky, funny right. song. It it's definitely not my favorite from it, but I don't dislike it. Mm. I just think it's funny that if you think of the the flow of the lyrics, it's very comparable to uh, calling Doctor Love. Yes, he, it is. Mm, yeah. 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 The fact that, you know, even though I'm full of sin, in this song he says, I'm a sinner who just loves to sin, the flow is exactly the same. <laughs> yep. Even uh, the inflection on how he says the verses during those parts, yep. By the way, there's one thing I wanted to interject real quick. If anyone wants to hear a good cover of a uh, a song off this album, check out Black Anvil. You can find it on Spotify or um, iTunes. Uh, my friend George Fullen, the producer that I interviewed on my show, produced Black Anvil, 
and they did Under the Rose for one of their more recent albums. It's pretty good, and they actually sing on it. I, I enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, Snowy Shore covered the oath. That's why I remember that. Uh, I got to find that. Yeah, it's yeah, on, it's on there. Yeah, it's out there. It's pretty good. Uh, Escape from the Island. Just cool that. little instrumental. Like, yeah. This is this is the one song on here I feel only works within the context of the album. Though it's almost a, a, just a little throwaway little right. interlude. Otherwise, but I like it. Serves its purpose to build up and die. Yeah, I agree. I actually saw a video version of this. Someone interjected. They're not interjected, but they interspersed footage from the Unmasked tour with footage from Escape from New York, and put it to this <laughs> video, and it actually worked. Huh, that's pretty interesting. And uh, the end of the album, I. I believe in me. What a great, uplifting ending of an album. Really great song. Um, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great ender. You know, I, nothing really else to say about it. Just It's a good song. Yeah, it would have been great for them to do live, you know. It's, it's got that perfect type of fist-pumping chorus to go along with it, the the audience can join in and uh it's nice and heavy too this is my second favorite one behind the oath yeah yeah they could have just left the the oath and and i in, in the concerts and and i think it would have been cool yeah i would have liked to have heard yeah. under the rose but that's just a yeah, that's pre- personal preference but yeah live the oath and this would have been two killer songs to include on stage yeah never get it again i don't know <laughs> Unless there's nope. a kids tribute band out there called The Elder that plays this album from start to finish, I will come see you play. <laughs> Is this kind of be? Oh, just wait till I get back there. We'll, we'll, we'll... Greg will find <laughs> one. I know he will. He's that. There's got to be one out there. But uh, what if Kiss ever continues without Gene and Paul, and they keep Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer? I think they already voiced that they wouldn't do it without Gene. And even Paul. If, even if they did. You know, I mean, you know, Gene and Paul would still retain control until they died. Yeah. I don't think you'd ever get anything special. You'd end up with a Kiss traveling road show, which no. I, I don't think they want to see the brand turn into now. You know, they've caught enough flack over their recent decisions where they've come back to maybe not the best point they've ever been at, but a respectable one. And I yeah. don't think they're going to jeopardize it, it, it by doing time. that. Because yeah. at one point they were even considering maybe making a kiss, uh, a girl kiss group, you know, and didn't they know. actually like try that out in Korea or something? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Horribly? Yeah. yeah. What were they called? Baby metal? No, just kidding. No. Oh, I don't know. No, no I, I know it's not baby metal. No, that's, <laughs> I'm pretty positive it was South Korea, though, that yeah, they some... tried it, and it just totally blew up in their faces. Yeah. So, just, let's just I'm... go out on a happy note. I mean, you have so many Kiss tribute bands out there that are doing there, a great a job. A lot of them were I... in the documentary, and I swear, like, some of them looked exactly like Gene, Paul, and Peter, and Ace. Yeah, it was, I, like, I, almost I... uncanny. I want to give a huge shout out to Ruby Renesco, my friend who's a guitar player in uh, Kiss Nation. Probably, in my opinion, the best Kiss tribute band on the East Coast. So you know, they kill it every time. You know, they're, they're very authentic in everything they, that they do. They played Wildwood 
in uh, New Jersey. They, they, they play the uh, the outdoor, uh, not summer festival that they have there, but like you know one of the outdoor like venues mm-hmm. that they have there, and you know, they they pack it up all the time. They're great at what they do, and they sound and look and move and act just like the original, you know, the original four. And uh, shout out to uh, Billy and Chris from that band too. I'm sorry, bassist, I don't know your name, so I'll just call you Gene. <laughs> and we should have them on the show and then we can talk some kiss with them just like you we know, did with the I, Lizzie I, stuff. they would not I, be against it especially ruby and billy i know they wouldn't yeah that'd be cool and then i was gonna say i could also talk to my buddy jerry d who now lives down in florida um the name of the tribute band he was in escapes me now but he is probably the best ace i've ever seen outside of the real ace hmm Cool. Well, see if he wants to come on. We'll talk some kiss because, uh, you know, we, I mean, we do talk kiss very often on this show. Everyone, you know, well, I, we're almost. I, we're not talking I, I Halloween. No, I, we're done with Halloween until yeah. another three, four years, at least. And really, <laughs> honestly, I, I think something a lot of people miss, you know, with the the superhero persona and just the grandiosity and the explosions and the stage show and just the hard driving rock and roll is there's a lot to unpack with most kiss albums. You know, the guys were great songwriters. Um, a lot of them had very different influences and there's always cool little surprises on a record. The, well, but barring the eighties, by the time they became followers around the time of animalized, they just, I always get mad when people say, you know, Kiss sucks, and they always think that there's just like a certain band. But they, they don't think. I really don't think that people really, well, people that say that really gave Kiss uh, time. You know, they didn't really listen to them. They have, they have bad songs. Right. They don't have like fully bad albums. They yeah. have a, a lot of great songs, a lot of good songs, and a lot of amazing songs. I will never knock them as songwriters. I will not even knock them as musicians. But in terms of business ethics, no. Right, yeah, Different no. story. But well, I will they're always... smart because they're millionaires. Or this is true. I'm not going to hate on them for that. Um, and, you know, but I, I will never knock the music that they put out. And um, Newsflash, The Elder is overall my favorite Kiss album. And I realize people are being like, this guy's fucking insane. It's a matter of opinion. I love it. And hey, listen, and I love the classic six pack, the, the first six studio albums. I even love Dynasty. I even like Unmasked. Nice. Love Preachers and Lick It Up. But for me, music from, music from the Elder, that is my favorite Kiss lineup. Gene, Ace, Eric, and Paul. And that Unmasked tour, when I saw it on VHS, I said, this is the band on fire, in my opinion. And it meant the most to me. So that's why... This album means the most to me. Eric Hart is my favorite drummer. I know how you feel about double bass and kiss, Wayne. I respect it. But uh, for me, this album's the GOAT. No, Eric Hart's awesome. You know, I didn't think he later on didn't fit with kiss too much, but he's awesome. And he was awesome on this album. And this, uh, I'm going to agree. I'm not going to say this is my favorite kiss album, but it is an awesome kiss album. And it is up there with one of my favorites. So I, I do agree with you being this is a great album. It's definitely in my top five. But I could never call it my favorite because as good as it is, as great as they all play, it does not represent what KISS is overall. I get that. I mean, it's definitely not the representation of, like, you know, wham, bam, thank you, man, music that they were doing. 
But, you know, I love the effort and experimentation that they put into it, and that's what I give them credit for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like well, when bands go too, out of uh, their... Yeah. Sorry, Greg, what? Go ahead, Greg. I said no, me too. I just I couldn't pick it as my favorite overall. That's that's all. Mm-hmm. Fair yeah. enough. Four for me. I just like when bands sometimes go out of their comfort zone, like, especially like with the Elder. They did a very good job on it. You know, some bands go out of their element and then they you know flunk really mm-hmm. bad. You know, but I mm-hmm. think they did fairly well on here. So if anybody, they did great. yeah, if anybody has anything against the Elder, go back and listen to it. You know, just listen to it in the correct order because it just it flows and it, it makes more sense that way, and and you might like it. And, and if just, you don't like actually it, forget see about us. exactly, and forget about it even being a Kiss album. Just just listen to it as an album. Take the Kiss name away. Yeah, and listen <laughs> to it. So that's that. Right. Yep, uh, there's something here for everyone to enjoy. I so, think so. Definitely check it out. Very underrated record. It is. Agreed. Yep. Uh, Lou, where can we find Music is Life? Musicislifepodcast.com. And as always, you can find me with my homies, Wayne and Greg, on RatsireReview.com. And real quick, because this is the first episode that we're doing after our Halloween debacle, I mean retrospective, <laughs> uh, just want to give a big shout out to the Instagram pages, Halloween Fan Club and Sasha Gerstner Fan Club, for all the love and all the attention that Ratsaw Review and Music is Life podcast have gotten in the last week alone, you yeah. guys freaking rock. Same. Pumpkins United, thank you for everything. Yeah, and definitely you, you helped Lou get some more subscribers, which is awesome. And you broke really us to 600. And you broke Ratsaw Review to yes. 600. That's awesome. Thank you. And we really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate yep. everybody you know, liking and commenting. I, I, it's, it's fun. This is the way I, to... I want things to be because yes. I, I can communicate with our fans now. That's great. And a shout out to Celio Azevedo. Yes, Celio. Um, if you were here right now, he'd probably say, I like this album. It's not my favorite, but I like this album. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Celio. You're awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, Celio's been great. He's, he's helped us out a lot, actually, since he's uh, been talking to me and stuff for the last uh, few weeks, really. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's. I really appreciate everything he's done too, because uh, you know he's had some of his friends and people that know him from his uh, YouTube channel as well to subscribe to ours. So yeah, thank you very much, Celio. And again, thank you everybody who has subscribed to Rat Salad Review. And you can go to RatSaladReview dot com. Uh, you can find us iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the podcast networks you can uh, dream of. And please hit subscribe on YouTube. And we will see you guys. Next time, next week, maybe next week. I don't know. I Actually, will be on vacation after uh, this week, so he's going on vacation. Uh, I'm going on vacation, so I don't know what's going on. So that's why I say we'll see you next time. Find me in Dutch country. <laughs> Watch out for the uh, Amish. Lady, uh, she has a churn fetish. I'm gonna come <laughs> find all you puppy mills. I'm gonna break all the dogs, and we're gonna sing "Born Free" while we're singing it while doing it. <laughs> All right, watch out, Puppy Meals. See you later. Bye. Or free. <laughs> you should take an acoustic guitar with you.